let's start talking about your album that you released just now in September. Number six, it's called The Terrible Dinner Guest, and there's a song on that album with the same name. Um, so can you just talk a little bit about the song, what it is about, and how did it become the title track and the the name of the album? Yeah, the song The Terrible Dinner Guest, to me in a nutshell, is a song about being shy. Uh, and the long side of the story is that I was inspired to write the song when um, I was at a dinner with some really cool uh, and interesting intellectual people and they were talking about something I didn't know about. And so I was steaming and getting border and border as they were talking about something. And then the conversation turned to me kind of like, well, what do you think, Danielle? And I had nothing to contribute, first of all, and I had been spending a lot of time stewing in my own um, regret for not having uh, wonderful, interesting things to chime in about. And so when it turned to me, I was just kind of like mad and gloomy and grumpy. And uh, so I started to write the song that night as I went to my guest room. And I was just like, what's my problem? I'm shy. And I like, I I don't know what to say at any given time. And how am I supposed to be an adult if I can't communicate with other adults? And um, I then uh, just kind of kept going on with that idea of not knowing what to say at any given time, uh, feeling left out even when you're surrounded by people. And uh, I chose it as the title for the album itself uh, because I think it's an intriguing title and I think it's kind of funny. And also because it's a very important song for me because I find myself in this place a lot, even though I'm a performer and I'm often in front of large amounts of people, sometimes I still feel shy. And I, I was a very shy kid growing up and I kind of started out life as a wallflower. So I wanted to make it the title track to just honor shy people and the shy person I've been a lot of my life. That's beautiful. Um, so what's... What would be your favorite dinner like? I mean, probably not around strangers and not with people who ask all kinds of weird questions. <laughs> But what would it look like if you could have if you could have like the perfect dinner? No, on the contrary, I think it would be an excellent opportunity to dine with strangers who are asking weird questions. I think what what hurts me is when I'm with a bunch of people who have something in common that I don't have in common with them. And then that's all they're talking about. Uh, so there's no place for me to kind of interject a question or an observation. Because even when I do, I kind of feel silly trying to relate to the topic they're talking about. So I'm a big fan of um, a varied group of people who have lots of different things uh, that they're interested in and speaking about. I really like to get to know strangers as well. So I actually feel like an ideal dinner would just be pick some randos off the street and, uh, you know, have some like, would you rather questions figured out in the middle of the table. And then just I think there's a real beauty in getting to um, the underlying layers of people. Small talk is awful. Small talk is horrible. So um, asking questions to get down to the, the nitty gritty of who people are and what they like and when, when they feel good about themselves and when they feel scared. And I like that. That, that sounds very good, actually, to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about recording this album. I would love to know more about your approach to this album. Was there anything that you, uh, you wanted to do differently compared to um, 
to how you worked on your previous albums? Yes, uh, that is a great question, Julia. I wanted to do everything differently. I wanted to record differently. I wanted to work with new people. I wanted the songs to sound a bit different. I really like my style. Uh, my previous style, I would say, is a folk singer-songwriter, so very mellow and simple arrangements. But this one, I wanted to jazz it up a little bit and, and some in, in some aspects make it actually sound jazzy and in other aspects make it sound more poppy, more obviously feminine. And um, in, in, in line with me growing up as a woman and a performer, I kind of wanted the instrumentation and the production to sound like I had made a choice on purpose and was sticking with it. Again, with the simple instrumentation and folk sound of my previous records, I often find that it's come off as insecure, and um, and I don't know if that makes sense as a as a description of how something sounds. But for these for these new songs on the new album, the Terrible Dinner Guest, I wanted to kind of demand it and walk into the room and and give a statement as as compared to kind of like asking a question or asking for permission. Hmm. So um, how did you arrange the songs? Did you come up with most of the arrangements or was it the group of people that you were working with? It was the group of people I was working with. I had um, written the songs, so the, the bones and the skeletons were all intact there. But then I went to Norfolk, Virginia to record with my friends um, Sky Zentz, who is a singer-songwriter, and she co-produced this record, and then Jackie Paolella, who is also a musician, and she uh, recorded and engineered the record. So with them, we talked about ideas, um, gen generally what we were going for and what we imagined, and then um, in the inclusion of bringing other, other players and other musicians in on it, they kind of put their own spin on the songs and the ideas we originally had with just their knowledge of their own instrument and their interpretation of the song. So... I, I usually um, want all the credit to myself and I want to say, oh, you liked that? Well, I do everything on my own because I'm an introvert and I have control issues and I'm the best at everything I do. <laughs> and again, for this record, I wanted to stop. I wanted to knock that off and say, wait, you have great ideas, Danielle, but so do a lot of people. And to to get out of this comfortable little folk Uh, indie folk hole you've been living in, uh, it would really pay to open up and ask people for help and take their ideas and listen to their suggestions. And that's what I did with uh, the collaborators of this project. Well, I really love the album. And the I know that you, your main instrument, I think it's fair to say the ukulele, and it's not featured on every song there. I mean, the instrumentation is very diverse, um, but it is still present. Um, and I was wondering, how did you get started playing the ukulele? Yeah, I got started playing the ukulele after going over to a friend's house, and he had picked one up, so he had it just lying around as a as a casual instrument he was learning to play, and I was like, what is this? This is cute. Oh my gosh, this sounds good. Oh wow, I don't know what I'm doing, but I can already make some beautiful chords, and it's sounding great. And he let me borrow it. I took it home and wrote a song probably that night, if not a few songs, and then eventually got one of my own uh, so he could have his back. He gave me the one. He gave me my own so that he could have his back. And uh, kind of after that, it was this runaway love story. 
And I had no idea that the ukulele came with such a supportive community and subculture. So I really lucked into that room where I picked up this magical little instrument and it spoke to me. And then um, I had no idea that, yeah, it came with this beautiful, beautiful group of people who also love it and love to play it and learn about it and support those who play it. So God bless the ukulele, eh? <laughs> yeah, it's it. so one of the songs where you play the ukulele and it's a more, uh, it's a simpler arrangement on the album is Two Places at Once. Um, it's That's one of my favorite songs from the album. It's really a great song. And I think you released a version of that uh, some time ago. And I don't know if, the, if it was this song, I was trying to look it up, but somebody wrote a comment and said, oh, nice cover. Oh, really? was it this song? I don't know if you remember this. And then you you commented on it and said, no, 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 I wrote this. And so it made me feel and it that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like an instant classic somehow. Oh, cool. Um, so I, I just want to know, like, how how did this come about and how do you remember writing that song? I do remember writing two places at once. Um, I wrote it a long time ago. A lot of the songs have been in the works for more than a few years. And um, that has to do with how long it takes to get an album together and uh, the songs that finish themselves in a timely manner or not. Um, but this song was probably finished in 2012 or 2013. It was a song I wrote when I was moving away from home. I moved from Colorado to Minneapolis. Um, essentially for a relationship and for a new adventure. And at the time, my mom was having a really hard time taking it personally. She was taking it personally, like, you're trying to get away from me. And um, I wanted to write the song to clarify that I wasn't moving away for any reason other than my own desire to taste every uh, adventure that's out there for me. So I, I call it a goodbye letter, and it's also, it's a goodbye letter to my family and like a pep talk letter to myself where it's going to be okay, you've got to do this, um, life is hard, but life is good. And you know, the sentiment two places at once is kind of that apology to my mom, I can't be two places at once, so I have to make this choice to be this other place where I want to go. And I like that you you mentioned and you saw the comment that it, it sounds like an instant classic or a cover song because I, I wanted it to feel very genuinely folk song. And um, and I do that a lot. I, I, I love to write sort of a lot of the songs on the new album are poppier or um, even, yeah, kind of jazzy or Motown uh, influences. And I think that this it's still it still feels very natural to me to write a folk song and to really draw back on my on my um, inspiration on the inspiration that I've got from a lot of my folk heroes. Um, so now that you may mention your family and your mom, um, did they play any role in you becoming a musician or did they kind of support you when when you were younger or what kind of role did the music play when you were growing up? Yeah, they absolutely served uh, a big role in that. Um, I was always encouraged to be in choir and band. My parents started me early on piano, and I was always in church choir and school choir, and I studied violin, and my family was always very supportive. I always forget to give my sister credit, but um, 
she was she was always active in choir and music and we sung along to the radio like crazy and um i think i think i learned to harmonize and sing with more than one voice thanks to my sister because we sang along to like disney movies and she would be aladdin and i would be jasmine and then we would switch and uh so i learned a lot from my sister and singing with my family and being encouraged to be involved in music I uh, I come from a musical family. They were all singing and playing as well. And, uh, and then I think I really had to, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily encouraged to pursue it as, as a career, but I don't think that's for any reason other than, you know, all of us were thinking, how, how would you make that work? Or I wasn't, I wasn't even brave enough to admit it that that's something I wanted. And when I did quit my kind of day job to pursue music full time, I think my parents were worried just for the sake of like not wanting me to end up on the streets or ask for money all the time from them. And so they were worried about my well-being, not necessarily my ability to do it. And now that I've proven myself, I think we're all fine. (laughs) I think it's natural for parents to be worried about their kids when they're when their kids are pursuing lives of art but it's been a great experience to be able to do it successfully. I'm a successfully full-time employed independent musician. Um, and so my parents are now just very proud of me. I think, I think they might be worried. They still might be worried, but we're making, we're making do. Well, let's get get back to uh, talking about some of the music or some, some of the songs you wrote. I noticed that there's some themes that kind of pop up in various albums or on various songs. Um, They're on, on an older album, it's called Two Bedroom P- Apartment. I think it's the first one that you uh, recorded, like in a studio. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, th- there's a song on it called American Dream. And um, the chorus goes something like, go to school, get a job, find a wife, settle down. Yeah. Um, and then there's a song, uh, Let's Make a Baby on this new album. And I kind of, like I feel there's a connection with like stereotypes and like the typical American dream. And I somehow get the sense that you're not like you have like a little troubled relationship with that (laughs) 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 what do you say that's true yeah I do I do have a I do have trouble with kind of the standard that is put on a lot of people um to do certain things go to school find find a husband or a wife settle down have a kid get a good job save your money for retirement And I think it's I think we're lucky in our generation that's less of a of a pressure. But I I am from Nebraska. My family are hardworking Midwesterners and I notice that a lot with my family and seeing seeing what my grandma wanted for my mom and I think still wants for me and my sister. It's a very sort of a uh, bullet point list and it's funny that at I just want you to be happy isn't isn't genuinely at the top of that. I think for a lot of parents, they probably mean that, but their version of happiness ends up being a lot different than their children's version of what would make them happy. And so the new song on the on the new album, it's called Let's Make a Baby, and it is that of, of kind of um, societal standards, but this one's a little more on me. It's less of me pointing the finger at society saying, you can't tell me what to do, and it's pointing the finger at myself and and what I notice some people do in relationships to try and save the relationship. And um, 
I I don't I always kind of like worry about coming off as kind of snotty like I think I know better than everybody or if anybody were to go to school find a wife and settle down that they're bad people um so I say your choices are up to you and as long as you're happy please make make these decisions and live these lives as you as you see fit but this one came from the exact moment when I was in a relationship and it was headed down the crapper and I was like we should just have a baby like I had the thought And I was like, Danielle, what are you thinking? You can't have a baby with this person. The relationship is over. Why would you think that that's the answer? And so the song is kind of a a common commentary on what a lot of couples might do um, and the places couples might find themselves in. And it was specifically drawn on my own experience of of saying it to myself in a relationship that was a bad point let's make a baby to solve the problems we have with each other and for me personally that is not the answer my answer is never have a baby with someone you don't like if you can help it even though babies are cool babies are cute we love babies but don't yeah i don't know uh debatable Is there um, another song off the album that uh, you particularly like at the moment? I would say um, Just Human. Just Human for me is a song that really stands out from the from the group uh, of, of the songs on the new record as well as any songs I've done in the past. And it feels still very lyrically heavy and developed, but the the instrumentation and the production feels dark and heavy in a in a really cool way that I don't think I've done before in the past. Um, so I'm really proud of Just Human, especially the version on the record, because it's got like deep deep drums and it's on guitar, and the song itself is about being being with someone you know it's probably not going to work out with, but you do it anyway because you're just human and it's hard to kind of make rational decisions when you're in such a good and happy place with someone. It's hard to see the future and how the future might not end up the way you want it. And I'm I'm very proud of that one. Uh, again, for the, for the sake that it feels quite a bit different and it feels like a good example of the lunge forward uh, that I did on this album compared to my others. So in the meantime, where's a good place for people to, uh, well, to, to hang out to your music or to find you? I am active on uh, almost all of the sites, especially on Facebook. And my site is facebook.com slash Danielle ate the sandwich. I also have a ton of YouTube videos. Uh, that's kind of where I got a lot of my start and my exposure. I just released a new one for the title track of this album, The Terrible Dinner Guest. It's a very funny and colorful food fight music video, so you can check that out on youtube.com. And so I'm all over the internet. Never fear, never fear. If you need to find me, just type in Daniel Ate the Sandwich in in your search bar and you will find me. All right. I'm like Bruce Wayne. (laughs) I don't know anything about Bruce Wayne. Who's Bruce Wayne? Oh, he's Batman. Oh, Batman. I should have said Batman because, I mean, Bruce Wayne isn't everywhere. It's Batman who's everywhere. That's fine. That, that that reference is on my head. You, that's my fault. Okay, good. Th- thanks for taking the blame. 